For those of you who may not know, I'm interim pastor there, have been for four years, so I don't know how that works. My kids say, but Dad, I thought you retired. I said, well, I can tell them no if I will, but they are genuinely looking for a pastor. There was a period of time dealing with a young man, his family, and it looked very promising. And then you just get an email. There are three reasons why we're not coming. Well, we didn't see that coming. Um, Then there are other applications that are made that you look at them and you say, did they actually look at our website and, and see who we are? You know, I've never been on the seeking side before. It's an interesting learning experience. I mean, it is interesting. So, uh, also, just to let you know, um, part of the reason that we maintain the, the, the framework of intern is we live in Mound Ridge, we don't want to move. Uh, Elbing would be a nice place to live, but we're settled there where the Lord has us. And then also this summer, and one of the, yeah, this summer we'll be speaking at four different Bible camps. So in those times, they have to find somebody else, and I can tell them I'm going to speak at the Bible camp. I don't have to ask them. Is that and don't go tell your dad. <laughs> so, no, um, and I do. We talk about it, but have the privilege of, of doing that. I also drive school bus for the Mountridge School District, and part of the reason for driving school bus was that we'd have our summers free. We didn't realize that we would be pastoring all the time as well. But anyway, so that's just an update where we are. And I, it just dawned on me, some of you may not even know who I am, because there are a few new faces here. Howard and Kay Friesen um, are actually members here at Newton Bible Church. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, enjoyed so much just the time of fellowship and being with the Sunday school teachers and teachers and workers and whatever the banquet that we had the other evening, that was a, a real blessing been preaching through First uh, Peter in the second chapter, and that's where we want to go this evening. And um, appreciate Brother Tim's sharing and the the emphasis on the people and what God is doing in their lives, because it just to me goes right along with what is the emphasis or the burden or or what it is of my heart. The Johnsons are here. Awesome. <laughs> Just really. Now I'm nervous. No. <laughs> okay. Um, man, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> but that's so good. Oh, good. But um, we're going to look at that. I'm going to pray, and then we'll get into the text. And then I have a couple of things that, are, uh, that I want to share that are personal that in my mind relate to this text and in a sense dovetail what we have already heard about the ministry 
of the, the church and God developing the church in Nicaragua. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we want to thank you for the privilege that we have of opening your word. And Lord, um, in comparison to multitudes of people around the world, we have so many resources concerning the word, so much teaching, so much preaching, so uh, books and and podcasts and all the things that go along with that. And, and Lord, uh, most of all, we have the freedom just simply to open your word. And we thank you. We praise you for it. Instruct and teach our hearts. Affect our lives. Change us, Lord, where we need changed, that we might glorify you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you follow through the book of First Peter, the what we're looking at, what I'm emphasizing is simply the grace of God at work. And I call them the, the different things that we see are like the facets of the gem of the grace of God. And you see God at work in his grace in calling out a people for himself. You see him in the the work of salvation in chapter one there where it outlines the salvation that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ and the truth of his word being imperishable and it's good news. You get into chapter two and we begin there with a, a challenge, an instruction. That instruction also bleeds into the next section as well. He says, look, he said, put away this malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander, and like newborn infants desire, crave the milk of the word. And he's not saying that you are immature and you need milk. He said, just like an infant desires milk, you should desire the word of God. Um, is it a part of our lives? Is it something that, that we really hunger after? And then in verse 4, it says, as you come to him, a living stone, the living stone, the Lord Jesus Christ here, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. And I'm not going to unpack all of that. But we come to him first in salvation, the Lord Jesus Christ. We come to the living stone. He began that work in us. We have no, nothing within us that would drive us to him or cause us to seek him unless he did that work in us. He initiates, if you please. And I always like to, see the, to, to make the comparison of Adam in the garden. Adam sinned, and who initiated the reconciliation process? Adam didn't go looking for God. What did he do? Young people, tell me, what did he do? They don't know? You better teach them something. No. What did he do? Help me out. What did Adam do? He hid. He went and hid. Was he afraid of God? Yeah. Why was he afraid of God? Because he had sinned. He had sinned. And so God, walking in the cool of the, of the day, does what? Adam, Adam, where are you? Did God know where Adam was? Thank you. Yeah, he knew where Adam was. And he wanted Adam to confess where he was. But I just love that. God initiated that. He went looking. 
Adam responded, thankful for that. So it says here, as you come to him, a living stone. We're coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the picture is of him being a stone. And later on, and again, we're not going to unpack all of that. But later on, we see him as the cornerstone. That stone in construction from which you take all the dimensions and all the squarings and all the levelings and all of the things for the building. We don't do that here in America. We have a transit and a laser level and all of those kinds of things, and, and we, we square it up, level it up. But they, in that day, they, they stuck this prominent stone at the corner, and they squared everything up, leveled everything off from that stone. And you can draw all the implications from that concerning the spiritual life. Everything that we have comes back to whom? The Lord Jesus. It all comes back to him, the cornerstone. But here he says, living stone. And he said, in verse 5, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So here's where I really want us to, to focus in. You yourselves are what? I like interaction, by the way, in case you know a thing. And if you don't, I'll wait long enough till it's awkward and you'll respond. No. <laughs> no. What are you built up? You're built up as what? Living stones. We are in a spiritual house. We are not in, and not hesitate, but this building is called a what? But the church is really whom? The people. Now, it was in a group of people, they called it the church house. I like that. Why? Because it houses the church when the church meets together. Right? Because we are a living organism. We are, we're, we should be organized and all of those things, but, but it's an organism. It's, it's alive. These are living stones. Now, I've got a vivid imagination, and I've got this picture in my mind of all these people who are stones in this building, you know, and, and they're, they're, but they're alive. They're functioning, and it doesn't matter if you go to Nicaragua, what do you have? You have a whole list of people that are brother red, and they're what? They're living stones in this spiritual house. Then we have local assemblies that meet together. Now, why in the world, if you have all these living stones, everything depends on Christ, did he begin this passage, put aside all malice and slander and deceit and all that? Anybody here still sin ever? Yeah? We do. And when we do, it causes what? Problems? And it can even cause problems within the spiritual house. And so he, he has that all packaged together for us on purpose. But Jesus is this rock whom we come to. Now, we come for salvation, but we continue to come to him in our spiritual walk. We continue to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. At least I trust that we do. 
Everything that we do, everything should, be a, everything should revolve around Christ. I appreciate so much. And I, and I, I just love it. Uh, I grew up idolizing missionaries. I'll just be honest about it. I mean, they were my heroes. Uh, other kids had sports heroes, and they had people from the cartoons or whatever. And my parents didn't watch any sport. Well, we didn't have TV, but didn't listen to any sports on the radio and, and wouldn't have allowed a cartoon book in the house. But we had missionaries in our home. They, they were the ones that, those are the awesome people. Why? They're out there sharing the gospel. They're out doing the work. They're, they're getting some results here that, that are amazing. They're incredible. And, and, and as a child, they got to travel to all these exotic places. Man, that would have been so awesome. We were stuck in Kansas. <laughs> you know, uh, but everything revolves around the Lord Jesus. So our brother goes and they, they work on a building or they work on this, but what did he keep saying? All of this relates back to what? The ministry of the gospel, the ministry of the word of God, the ministry in people's lives. What's God doing? When you get really excited, it's when they go out and minister as well. Why? Because it is a living spiritual house. And these stones, individuals, are alive in the spirit, in Christ, and, and they're moving. I've often wondered, what is it? I know what it is in me, but what is it in others that really motivates them in their service? Why would those people go eight hours or whatever it was on their canoe and, and go to another village and, and eat beans and rice? <laughs> you know, what is it that motivates them? What is it that motivates the Johnsons to go live in Brazil forever? What is it? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. You come back to that, and it's Christ who's in us, and that's this spiritual house of living stones. So I want to I wanna share something that I said. I said it was going to be personal, because it is. It's, it's a part of my testimony. And I, I trust that it won't bore you. And, and by the way, young people, oftentimes you want to hear a testimony of somebody who came out of an abject life of sin and all of those kinds of things. My parents wouldn't let me sin. You know, <laughs> it's like, you, you don't go there. But uh, so it, it, it's not that at all. But I was raised in a, in a church that would have been very much like the Moravian a lot of traditions, a lot of religion, a lot of those things going on, but not answering a lot of questions. There came a time when I attended a Bible study with my parents, where my dad would constantly, say, he, was, he was saying, he was coming home and saying, this is the way they used to preach. This is the way they used to teach the word when I was a kid. This is what we used to hear all the time. We don't hear that anymore. And so I asked the Bible study leader, I said, where would I go to a church? Now, you have to remember, I was a junior in high school. Where would you go to a church where they teach the word like you're teaching it? 
And he was just going verse by verse. And of all places, he was in the book of Revelation where we never went in that church. Nobody can understand it anyway, so why open it up? You know, but he was in, he says, well, he said, the closest one to you, we were living in Heston, and he said, the closest one to you is Newton Bible Church. So I said, Dad's all right. If I don't go to church with you, I'm going to go to Newton Bible Church. I had made a profession of salvation to join the church, but that was the reason. It wasn't because I was a sinner and really, really understood my need of salvation. But I was going to join the church, so I have to give a testimony to join the church, and I didn't want to lie, so I'm, I got a testimony together. and I, I know what that sounds like, but... So, in the process of doing that, I found a group of people, a fellowship of believers that I would consider now living stones. Didn't really understand it then so much. And... The, the reason that I'm sharing this, there's two reasons, but the main reason I'm sharing, I kept reading through this passage, and so I've preached it before, and I've gone through this before, but this truth of these living stones having an impact in my life, I could not get away from. Now, I'm going I'm to name some names in just a little bit that some of you will know and some of you won't know. Some of you are related to them, and some of you... They may, may be new people to you. But these living stones may have never known the impact they had in a seeking teenager's life. And I came for a period of time with my parents still going to the other church. Then it wasn't too long, and then they began coming. Uh, my dad would teach Sunday school there and then come here for the morning worship. And then we'd come on Sunday night. But God was at work. Part of this living stone business is your walk with the Lord, just between you and the Lord, and your faithfulness to him. So I'm going to name four people that I gave testimony to and convinced that I was a believer and joined Newton Bible Church as a teenager, okay? Anybody know Bill Zerflu? There's a couple people that do. Virgil Unruh? You know him? <laughs> yeah. Ralph Sundquist? Yeah. Sammy Hartzler? Yeah, we sat in pastor's office in that little room right there. That was the pastor's office. And I gave testimony. I convinced them that as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them who call upon his name. That was the verse that I used. And they said, okay, yeah. Sang in the choir with them. Had doubts. There were times when I would hear the preaching of the word and I would say, I don't think I am really born again. I really don't know. I have all these questions in my mind. And yet these men that I have named were prominent in my thinking, not so much for what they said, 
But just for who they were in the body of believers, those living stones. And I can't believe that Peter, when he is writing this passage of Scripture, doesn't have specific people in mind. There are living stones that he's writing to. They're not just blank faces, generic. Well, time went on. Well, let me back up just a little bit because there were some other living stones. Now, I don't know what role they played, but Larry and Leota Harms were, were there when I was a teenager, and I think you were youth leaders or something like that at some point. Am I right? Close? Okay. Norm Mosier. Some of you will remember him. There was a man that, and he was a little bit older. I was a teenager. I thought he was really old. But his little bit, Corny Kane. Yeah. And he would visit with me. He would talk to me. And it was like, this is amazing. Then there was Gene and Francis Price. Gene would even hire me to come and work for him and, and help him out every once in a while. Um, Arlie Funk, there was a Sunday school class up there where the sound room used to be, and he taught that, that Sunday school class. Glenn and, and Ella Jean Regeer was out at their farm periodically. Then there was this guy, Bill Regeer. He would come and go. Everyone, he'd be out doing interim pastor thing, but he didn't stay as long as I did. <laughs> he would come. He would actually come back. You know, and, and he'd been a missionary, and it's like, interesting. Homer Friesen, and then there was Walter Stuckey, and he had all these kids that were going to New Tribes. I mean, a whole bunch of them. And there was Arlen and John. Those were the two that, that I knew the best, and then I knew there were some older brothers and older sisters and, and all that kind of all of those things as living stones had an impact in my life. There was something at work, and it caused me to really question, where am I spiritually, truly? Then there were these teenagers, Alan and Glenna Regeer, Gordon Hall. He was a teenager. When I, Gordon and Alan and I went down to Rio Grande oh, to visit and then to work down there at the for like a week, spent, or spent time down there. Uh, Doug Friesen, John and Arlen, I've already mentioned him, Byron Joy and Ken Hartzler. There was a guy, Steve Miller, and the reason I liked him is because he rode motorcycle like I did. And <laughs> Do you ever think sometimes that you're just sitting in church and you're just doing your thing or whatever, that really not a whole lot is happening? Do you realize that, that there, there may well be something happening because you are a living stone and your walk with the Lord is making a difference in the life of some person in the fellowship? From that point, I went down to Laterno College. They asked me what I was going to major in when I was down there, and, and I stuttered and stammered. I didn't know. 
I was just going down because I didn't want to go to Heston College, which is right across the street from my home. I didn't have anything against Heston College. I didn't want to live at home. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, uh, I, well, I, I'll just explain that. My, my dad said, well, if you go to college there, I'll pay for your first year of college. You can live at home, and I'll pay for your first year. I said, well, how much would that be? And he, believe it or not, back then, that year of college living at home would have cost $1,500. And that was in 1971, so that tells you how old I am. And I said, well, you give me the $1,500, and I'll pay for the rest of it, but I'm going to Laterno College because my friend, my backdoor neighbor, was going down there. And we're going to go down together. Well, um, Gary Ullum went down as well. But it was while I was there that God got a hold of my heart and began to really open it up. But it started here. God got a hold of my heart in the second semester, the first part of the second semester, I put my faith and trust in Christ. I remember very distinctly that night praying to receive Christ as Savior, my roommate helping me through, quote, unquote, the sinner's prayer, and all of a sudden it dawned on me, Christ, what what did we just say? He's the living stone, and we come to him. Christ did everything. I simply trust what he has done. So instead of finishing the sinner's prayer the way you're supposed to finish, I just started thanking God for what he had done. Why? Because he did everything. He is the living stone. And now we get to be like him, and we are living stones as well, built up in this spiritual house, and we have an interaction. I loved so much what Dr. Ellen said. The church is all about what? You remember? Maybe it's only me that... Relationships. She was paying attention. That's awesome. You didn't get quizzed when you got home about it, did you? Okay, all right. Awesome. It's about relationships. Why? Because we're living. We're living and we interact with people all the time. Someday I'm going to find out what it's like to be an introvert. I don't know. Maybe. But (laughs) I think I was one once. My wife's shaking her head. No, I, I never was. But it's about people. It's about people. It's about living. It's that relationship. Do you enjoy being with the family of God? Do you enjoy being in this relationship? I do. I love it. I don't, whether it's here at Newton Bible Church, whether it's at Crossway, we, we, go, we just recently came back from a trip to visit a grandson in, in South Dakota, and there were some believers that sat with us at the track meet from his school. It's a, it's a Christian school, similar to Berean. Sitting there, we really didn't know him, but we had some good fellowship together immediately. There is that bond. Why? Because there's that living relationship in the Lord Jesus Christ, and we're living stones in that spiritual house, that same spiritual house. Individual salvation, yes. 
but we develop in that relationship called the church, the spiritual. Together fulfilling the what? The great commission, the work that the Lord has set before us, corporately, individually a part of it, but corporately working that way. But there's another thing that, that just kept resonating in my mind, and that was the acceptance that I find not only in Christ, but in his family. I'm accepted in the beloved, right? Ephesians chapter one. But I'm also accepted in this spiritual house, this spiritual building. We are living in a time when we as believers may not have even a measure of acceptance in the world. We're going to need to find our acceptance in the church, in the spiritual house. Therefore, we are to love one another. We are to have that relationship together. But I don't know about that person. They just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Well, you know what? The love of God is like the mortar in between those spiritual building blocks. And we need to love one another as he has loved us. There may come a time when we are all we have. Does that make sense? I think, I, I personally think there, there's a time of persecution coming. And I don't mean to put a damper on everything, but we will need each other. We will need that fellowship together. We will need the encouragement from the other living stones. And like I said, one of the things that I found coming to Newton Bible Church, even as a seeker, as somebody looking for truth, was an acceptance that drew me in. I'm going to say that we find strength and safety in this building, this spiritual building, or we should find that strength. We should find encouragement in our fellowship together, even as we fellowship afterwards. And there should be an, an, an element of safety that we find here that we don't find anywhere else. So be encouraged. Living stones, whether they know it or not, make a difference. People who have a walk with the Lord make a difference, whether it is directly or indirectly. There is a difference that is being made. And it's interesting, in my mind, when I, like I said, I, I read through this passage and these thoughts, the, the, the people just started flooding my mind. I could start naming more. They just started flooding my mind. These are the living stones. There was this Newfelt family that had these girls. <laughs> Particularly Naomi. <laughs> oh, I love to torment her. But anyway... <laughs> They have an impact in our lives. So what kind of relationship do I have? This is, this is what our brother said is the so what, okay? What kind of relationship do I have? Am I really maintaining that relationship with the Lord? And then what kind of relationships am I building 
within this family, this living family, this living stone building spiritual house. It's awesome. It's awesome. So thank you for your impact in our lives. But if they were here, I would thank the previous generation for their testimony and the impact they had in my life as well. Let's close with prayer. Father, we do thank you that we can be a part of something so much bigger than we are. Thank you for our brother sharing concerning the ministry there in Nicaragua. Lord, we pray that you would bless, that you would use your word mightily in the hearts of your people there and in the uh, hearts of those who are unsaved. They would see the reality of Christ in each life. And Father, I want to thank you for Newton Bible Church. Thank you for the faithfulness through the years. The joy to be able to come back and to hear the word once again preached and delivered just simply as your word with authority, with power. Lord, I would pray that you would cause us as living stones to maintain that relationship with you that would cause us to grow even as a baby desires the sincere milk of the word, Lord, that we might grow by it. And then, Lord, that we would reach out to people around us seeking to make a difference in their lives as well. Manifest your love through us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And you're dismissed.